Hello, welcome to Us Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. This is the Age of Sigma Stat Center, where I look at the event results from the weekend, and I use a smattering of stats to inform my opinion of what may or may not be good in Age of Sigma competitive tournaments. So this weekend, we're going to be looking at 232 players playing across, I think, six or seven events over the three different countries, England, the USA, and Sweden. Uh, there are lots of Ogres, Luminous, Slaves to Darkness, and Zetons doing well this uh, week. Uh, all the events are new using the new GHB, and you've got to put that down to the fact that there's a six-month cycle. We all knew that the new GHB would be coming out, and so therefore the uptake on the new GHB has been quicker than it has been in previous years. So that's quite interesting. Um, lots to talk about. At one tunnel, many masters. Yeah, there are lots of tunnels. I'm filming this live with the Twitch chat. Uh, I actually normally do this on a Monday, but uh, I wasn't feeling too well at the end of last Monday. So uh, I finished it off on Friday. So uh, if there's a big weird jump in the middle where I've changed clothes, a completely different person, that's what all that will be. Uh, so do check out for that. And thank you to always to Ziggy and Rob. Ziggy for making sure the stats are real perfect. And Rob for sending me all this information. Uh, which he does every Monday. So shout out to them. And thank you to everyone on the Oswald Gamer Patreon who supports me so I can make this. If you enjoy it, let me know. Let's get on with the event result. So the first event, the largest of the week, is Bloodshed in the Shire. This is an annual event held in High Wycombe uh, by the people from the... Oh no, what's their club name? <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, I did know um, at one point in my life. But organized by a group, there's Dan and Steve... And they have a, a gaming club called something that the chat will remind me of in a minute. Anyway, um, it's hosted here at the Art Space in High Wycombe. There we go. Uh, lovely Phil Sprignall sent me some pictures of what it looks like inside. So some kind of classic English architecture there. As you can see, table height looks decent. Terrain looks okay. Right, so not bad, all told. Uh, the Bucks Wargamers, that's who it is, the Bucks Wargamers. In the 5-0 bracket, we only had one player, Jack Armstrong. Uh, the current captain of the team England or the English team for AOS Worlds uh, was running Lumineth Realm Lords, and it was just the Techless Castle. Now I don't have to spend any time now explaining what the Techless Castle is to anyone in the chat because there's an Army Masterclass video available on the Honest Wargamer YouTube channel for you to go and watch. And there's also an interview with Mr. Matt Goldsborough, who plays this army a lot, who explains this army list. No explanation needed. And that's the point of me making the Army Masterclass videos. It came into effect. Yes. So that's how we did it. Probably the best list in Age of Sigmar at the moment, with the exception of probably Gits. 5-0. Excellent job. Right. Now, in the 4-1 bracket, so, well, not the 4-1, the 4 and a draw bracket, which is quite a unique bracket, uh, is Mr. Ben Curry from the Bad Dice Podcast. Um, and he was running the Saves of Darkness army with uh, Knights of the Empty Throne. So it's a new slave starters. I should also mention, by the way, that all the events today are obviously new GHB. So they're all new GHB, so something to think about. Um, so he's got Archie on the Everchosen, Gaunt Summoner on Disc of Zinch, and then two units of three Varangard, uh, all with a Mark of Nurgle. That means they're all going to be minus one to wound in melee. They've all got at least three up armor saves. When they're in Knights of the Empty Throne, they can run and charge, with the exception of Archeon, who can't run and charge uh, in this because he's keyword locked to host the Everchosen. Uh, the Gaunt Summoner Disc has got the Command Trait Master of Magic, so he's going to be re-rolling Spellcasting and then Artifact Arcane Tome, making him a three-cast wizard with two unbinds, and this is really useful. With a natural plus one to cast, 
and this is super useful because Archeon, uh, because that, sorry, because uh, the Gaunt Summoner knows all of the spells from the Law of the Damned, uh, and you've got a bunch of really useful spells in there, like a 3d6 charge, as an example, uh, and a teleport, as an example. So a load of good spells in there. Gaunt Summoner's also got some utility for potentially taking out enemy characters uh, with the um, uh, the Silver Tower ability, which is quite useful. Naturally got plus one to cast as well. And it's a pretty chunky unit with like six wounds and a four up armor save and moves 16 inches, so that's pretty good. Um, also, it's got the spell Levitate, so you can make one of those units uh, fly. The Varangard themselves are an incredibly fighty unit with a three up armor save, and because they're Mark and Nurgle, they might as want to be wounded, and they get to retreat, uh, sorry, not retreat, they get to pile in and attack twice once per battle. So loads of damage on the turn you charge and no inspiring presence near any of the units. So, and it's all in a one drop, so it's a full send list, as they say. Give the person uh, the first turn. Now, no galley champs in this list, as an example. And in the previous list that we just uh, looked at, the Lumineth Castle, there was only the Scenari Cathalar. So, uh, so far, it looks like galley champs not that important for winning the new, um, the new battle pack. But we'll see if that plays out across the rest of the, uh, the show. But that would very much verify what I said about galley champs and everything in the GHB is that it's not that important. Anyway, on to the 4-1s. Okay, so the 4-1 bracket. So the nearly ones, they tried their hardest. You had Mr. Phil Marshall with a very cool techie Slaves to Darkness list. Um, let me just go find it. So he had a Chaos Sorcerer Lord. Well, he had two Chaos Sorcerer Lords, sorry. A unit of 10 Chaos Knights and two units of nine Corvus Cabal. Then he had 10 Chaos Chosen, six Varangard, and he had the Soul Screen Bridge. And these were all in the Battle Regiment Battalion, so they're a one-drop. Now, there's a couple of cute tricks here, but most importantly, uh, he uses a Soul Screen Bridge to push forward a unit of uh, 10 Chaos Knights who've got the Mark of Chosen and the Nurgle Banner. So they're minus one to wounded combat and they're ignoring the first Pip of Rend. He's going to cast Mystic Shield on them and he's going to do that using his Chaos Sorcerer Lords so who are going to cast spells on 3d6 thanks to being inside the Kabbalists' sub-faction. In addition, he's also got the Command Trait Master of Magic. So he has a 3d6 re-rollable cast so then he's going to run them forward well in t technically he's going to teleport them via the soul screen bridge which is an endless spell drop that on the board and then he's going to attempt a charge the banner in or sorry the musician in the chaos knight unit gives you an automatic four out of one of the dice so what you're really doing on a re-rollable charge is you're fishing for a five up on two dice. You roll two dice. If you get any of them or a five up, you turn the other one to a four, and that gets you a nine inch charge. If you don't get a five up, you roll it again. The likelihood is very high. You then charge into your opponent's army, and then you pin them in. Because as soon as they attack you, you say all out defense. And so then you have a, because the Chaos Knights start on a three up base save, you end up on a two up, ignoring Ren 2, thanks to all out defense and the banner on 30 wounds, which also have the Chaos Rune Shield, which also ignore mortal wounds. Then, you have charging up the field to beat you up, a unit of Chaos Chosen, uh, 10 of them, and then 6 Varangard, all of which, uh, well, Mark of Corn on the Varangard, so they're going to get plus 1 attack on the charge, and as we talked about earlier with Varangard, they pile in and attack twice, so they absolutely smash. Then to follow that up last is 10 Chaos Chosen, now they're undivided, that means they're going to get to roll on the Eye of the Gods, and what you're looking to do is get more rend on the Chaos Chosen, who also have a fight twice, uh, once per battle ability. 
and then when they eventually take objectives in the midboard and then finally get to the opponent's lines who are pinned in the back of the board, this means that the uh, they at this point will hopefully have picked up more rend on them as a unit and then they'll just smash through the enemy because they're pretty terrifying. Uh, then there are two units in nine Corvus Cabal who hold and grab objectives. So this is the second completely different archetype that we've seen to the Chaos Chosen, uh, not Chaos Chosen, sorry, Archeon of Varangard list. So this is just already a different build that we've seen do well in this GHB. Very exciting. Very exciting. And played by a, a very fantastic player. Uh, then you've got Lewis Swan. I'm going to shout him out along with Donal Taylor. Okay, so Lewis and Donal are running kind of similar lists. So let's talk about them together uh, in order. Uh, so Lewis was running... Uh, no, this wasn't Lewis's version of the list. Uh, Lewis was running Kragnos in an Ogremore Tribe's Meat Fist uh, battalion. So this meant that they're doing mortal wounds on fours. Um, but if you like a monster, I, I can't remember what the combination is, but you effectively end up uh, with the tyrants. And in Lewis's list, he's got three tyrants doing mortal wounds on three pluses when you charge. Because of Kragnos, he's got a AoE bubble of charging on 3d6. So everyone around him charges on 3d6. So that means they charge in and all of their... Um, then you pick up all of those, the result of that dice, so let's say it's an 11, because that should be average, you roll 11 dice on a 4 up, 3 ups, you'll take that many mortal wounds, and then the tyrants will actually attack. Same with Kragnos, he's going to charge in, he's going to try and kill something, and then you've got two, uh, 3 units of 6 Ogre Gluttons, and he went 4-1. Shout out to him, he's from the Angel Wargaming Collective, which is funny, because so is Donal from the Wargame, uh, Angels Wargaming Collective, uh, so they're based out of London, obviously. Uh, and his version of the list was Kragnos, four tyrants, and then two units of four lead belchers, a unit of ogre gluttons, and also a unit of gorgers, or one gorger, sorry, uh, in a two drop. So what's interesting about this is it's a similar list, so the same archetype, but just with different kind of elements in it, that's going to run forward and it's going to do so much damage when it charges you, and then it's going to fight you. So it's got kind of like a a foe shooting fave, not really, but it does damage in two phases as opposed to just one phase. Uh, so it's got a lot more damage than you maybe would think. Um, and then uh, it's gone 4-1 from two different pilots in like at the same event. So I would say this is a legit army. This is a legit strong army. Um, and I think you'll see this list archetype a lot. Very fun to paint, very easy to put on the tabletop, and very very fun uh, as Phil in the chat says it's like 40 mortal wounds on the charge so unless you have a mortal wound save what are you going to do uh, that's the real problem with that um, so absolutely cool stuff love that really really fun uh, great work there from both those two players uh, then you have uh, Phil Sprignall in the chat what a cutie uh, so Phil uh, was running Lumina Throne Lords, but his version isn't a, uh, his version isn't the Techless Castle, and instead this is a Eumetrica style list. So it is from the subfaction Eumetrica, which helps you ignore rend on your units, and you can also state, take Stone Guard as your battleline unit. So he's got a unit of fifteen and two units of ten. Oh, uh, sorry, a unit of fifteen and one unit of ten. He's also then got a unit of ten Venari Blade Lords, and there in the Galician Command Battalion with the Senari Lawseeker. The Stone Guard are in the Galician Veterans Battalion. So this means a couple of things. The Veterans 
don't have to pile in an attack because they can fight from kind of two ranks effectively, which means because they're not piling in, they can ignore more rent, which is useful. The Blade Lords are going to fight in conjunction uh, because they're in the Galician Command in conjunction with the Law Seeker, who is going to give them additional attacks thanks to the Realm Command ability. So he's using the two new battalions to increase the efficacy of two of his units inside this, and it's amazing. Very effective. Very cool. Lovely to see. Uh, he then also has the Alarith Spirit of the Mountain as a big smashy monster, the Rune of Petrification, and the Burning Head. He's taken two Stone Mage... Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, no, a Stone Mage, a Wind Mage, a Sonari Calagrave, and a Sonari Lawseeker. So loads of uh, galley champs in there as well. And a unit of five Dawn Riders. There's loads of tech here. This is really fun. This is kind of... Like, the combo with the Ogres is very front-loading. You do this thing, and you yeet it in. There's a load of micromanagement from uh, how you would do that with the Tyrants and the Kragnos, because where you're hitting with those units is going to be very important as you do it. In this, a lot, uh, in this list, or this archetype, a lot of what you're looking at is a combination of those battalions and artifacts um, and auras for making these units way more effective. So this is a super cool list. Uh, and Phil's agreed to do um, an interview with me. And I'm going to ask Donal if you do an interview with me as well uh, on the big um, the big smashy list. So love that. Uh, so Donal, if you're listening, that'd be cool. Um, uh, okay. So then we have uh, Adam Hall was also running the same uh, Saves the Darkness Legion of the Knights of the Empty Throne list, which included Archeon, the Gaunt Summoner, and two units of, sorry, three units of three Varangard. But these have got the Mark of Corn. So the Mark of Nurgle doing better than the Mark of Corn. Mark of Corn more damage. Mark of Nurgle far more survivable. Uh, quite interesting to see. Um, so the longer you stay alive, the more damage you can do over time. Uh, so it's not a surprise to me that this did uh, not as well as the Nurgle version. Uh, you're doing more damage, but you're getting hit back a lot worse. So um, uh, quite interesting there. Uh, so that went 4-1. And then our last two 4-1s is Dominic Stonebridge and um, uh, Matt Gouldsborough. Now, Matt Gouldsborough was running a Sylvaneth Heartwood list with Alariel and Arch Revenant and a Knight Judicator with Griffhounds. Two units of three Colonel Thunters, five Tree Revenants, um, and then five Gossamid Archers. Now, he'd already played against this list uh, two weeks ago here at my venue in Nottingham, where we run events all the time, if you ever want to come. Um, and what he'd done here is he played the LRL Castle, which featured in the first time of Masterclass video. And in that, um, he uh, played against uh, Matt, um, Math Mallow, and Math Mallow uh, was playing with his Sylvaneth, and they had a like a tight. Oh no, they no, actually, sorry, that was at the Nottingham GT. They played at the Nottingham GT. I apologise, and I think uh, Matt was very inspired by this list. So again, this list, which really is a shooting list, a very very long range shooting list um, that stops your opponent from charging you. So five Gossamid Archers, a Knight Judicator, Archrevs, and a Lariel. Um, along with uh, three units of three Colonel Thun Hunters is another castle-style list where that has a kind of like, um, uh, like, uh, kind of like a, a deep striking mechanic in uh, in Alariel running forward, charging, and then using uh, strike and fade to run away. So a very very effective Sylvaneth list there. And Matt being inspired to play that, I love seeing that. Um, Dom uh, in the list as well. I don't did I miss Mathmallow? No. I didn't. Um, and then Dom was playing Fire Slayers. 
So this Fire Slayer list is really cool. Fire Slayer's in Greyfeard. He's running Auric Rune Father on Magma Droth, an Auric Rune Smiter, another Auric Rune Smiter, a Battlesmith Auric Rune Son, and a Doom Seeker. Now, before we go any further, I'll just talk about the fact that um, uh, Dom has taken two different aspects of the champion. These are the unique enhancements that you can get only on Galician champions. You get one for free, and he took a battalion, so he got a second one. The Doom Seeker had the Tunnel Master uh, one, so he's going to be able to teleport, basically, nine inches away from the enemy. The Battlesmith took leadership of the Alpha, so he's going to be able to issue three command abilities as opposed to uh, just one once per battle. And those command abilities are specific things, but most importantly, on the Battlesmith, it's going to be Rally, because the Battlesmith's War Scroll allows him to do a four-up Rally. So he's going to have, once per battle, three four-up rallies at once. Uh, hello, Donal. I just spoke about you, uh, and I was asking if you would do an interview so I can run a Masterclass series on your list from Bloodshed, please, because um, I think people would be excited. Um, then there are two units of 10 Hearthguard Berserkers and two units of 10 Volkai Berserkers with Firesteel Hand Axes. Now, he's got a Warlord Battalion, a Command Entourage, a Galician Veterans, and a Galician Command. I really like this because I think you're going to see two versions of Age of Sigmar over the next six months. Now, you've got the very front-facing, one-drop, pure output versions of these lists, and then you're going to see all of the battalions. Because if you can't be a one-drop, you might as well get all of the bonuses to your army. So in this, he's got a Galician Command, which means you take one galley champ and one infantry unit, and he's taking you know, Hearthguard Berserkers with the Doomseeker. Then he's got a bunch of Galician veterans, which is Volkite Berserker with hand axes, meaning he can fight in two ranks because they're 32 mil bases and they're only one inch weapons. So they can have more output. Uh, and then he's got uh, the command entourage so he can take the Magnificent and the upgrade or enhancement that he went for was to have multiple um, uh, aspects of the champion. Right. Absolutely uh, quality stuff uh, from Dom there. I'd absolutely love to see it. So, yeah, um, Donal, uh, Matt, Dom, Adam Hall, Phil. Yeah, I mentioned them all. That's everyone. So, yeah, it looks like a cool event. Um, it's really nice seeing. This is the most information that we've had so far for an event um, running the new GHB. But we've got loads more to talk about. So, let's talk about them. Okay, so our next biggest event was Columbus Brewhammer. Now, this is an event that happens inside a brewery of all things, which is super cool. It's in Ohio, in the United States of America, organized by Chris Teal. Okay. They had up to 40 players playing, but I think they got to a total of 39 players. So 39 players. Uh, it was located here, and for podcast listeners, uh, a very nice, sunny-looking uh, complex where they brew beer. It's a brewery. There's beer on tap, and there's grass outside in the middle of Ohio. So I don't really know what else... Um, there is to do in Ohio, apart from drink a lot. Uh, but I assume this is what they were like. Well, we can sit outside and just drink beer. So there we go. So this is the Brewhammer event. And I think there are going to be more Brewhammer events in the future. The event was won. And our 5-0 was Mr. John Anderson, my Waffle House buddy. Yeah, we're going to listen to Sturgill Simpson in Waffle House. Just have a great time. He was running Lunareth Realm Lords in the sub-faction Helon. He had Teclis, a Cathlar, and a Wind Mage. A unit of Wind Chargers, a unit of Wardens, a unit of two units of 20 Sentinels, and he had a number of Spellport, Ravidax, Sessions, Shards of Alagar. If, uh, no, he didn't get me onto Sergio Simpson. I've always been into Sergio Simpson. Sergio Simpson is 
wicked. It's a huge fan. Um, uh, right, so, and then my point is, uh, if you would like to find out how to uh, play this list, Army Masterclass available on the Honest Wargamer YouTube. If you want to go check it out, I'll include it in the show notes so you guys can all check it out. Uh, so well done to John. He absolutely did it. Let's go. Great work to him. In the 4-1 bracket. So didn't quite win the event, but tried really hard. You got one of my good personal friends, Jeff Campbell Crawley from Cobra Kai, Never Die. Now, I'm not saying that I just put up an interview about this list, but I literally just did it because I'm fucking brilliant at Warhammer. That's why. Sorry for swearing. Right? In this, he was running a Sylvaneth list in Oakenbrow. You fight at the top bracket when you're fighting with your monsters. And guess what he's got in his list? A Spirit of Durthu, a Tree Lord Ancient, and an Arch Revenant. Another Arch Revenant. Why is it important? Spirit of Durthu, teleport through. Smash stuff off. If he hasn't taken 13 wounds, he's going to be fighting at top bracket, which means damage 6. Rob, how's he going to teleport? He's got a Tree Lord Ancient in there. That Tree Lord Ancient is going to drop him a free tree in the middle of the board, which he can teleport to and from. He's then got three Battle Line Tree Lords. They're more of a shooting unit. If you don't know what that means, that's a great joke. Shooting units. Fight a top bracket. Then he's got Spite Swarm Hive, and he's got the Battle Regiment. Spite Swarm Hive means that he's going to be able to charge with plus three with that Spirit of Durthu as he teleports through the woods. Arch Revs are great galley champs. They're very fast. They don't count as mounted and they move 12 inches. And then he's got one of them as stubborn as the Rhinox. So it's going to count as 10. So he's got the ability to yeet forward and then take something especially good in new GHB. This is a great list. This is not, in my opinion, this is a 3-2 army. But he's pushed it up to a 4-1, and I think that's incredible work from Jeff. Dreitcher in the list as well. You could replace Dreitcher if you want with a Warsong Revenant. That works just as well, in my opinion. Uh, means you take a lot of the casting off the Tree Lord Ancient. Amazing list. Then you've got Nicholas True pushing forward Stormcast Eternals in his army. Uh, very cool list. Astral Templars. Knight Vexler doing all of the damage at range. Uh, then he's got, um, and he's also got the Tunnel Master. So after he's once per battle done his Mortal Wounds in AoE, he's teleported into the objective to go grab it for that easy battle tactic. If you're not using your book battle tactics, one of the battle tactics is you take an objective not wholly in your territory. I forget what it's called right now, um, but you do it with a Galician Champion. You do that with Tunnel Master. I expect to see this taken a lot. Knight Draconis in the list. Master of Magic, Arcane Tome, Reroll Cast. Turns him into a wizard. He's got Celestial Blades, so he's going to be looking to do plus one to wound on his unit of four Stormdrake Guard. Okay? Then he's got the Battle Major Gur, uh, adding plus two to your charge, plus two to your uh, move. He's going to do that on the Stormdrake Guard, or he's going to do it on that unit of ten Protectors that are going to be very fighty, run into the mid-board, do loads of damage. Then there's a unit of Tree Revenants. All in a battle regiment. Also, Nick True is in the tough crowd because he's an absolute badass. Well done to Nick True. Uh, then you've got Austin Thimish from Tundra Tactics. And Austin was running Fire Slayers, I'm going to say. Um, it gets a little bit confusing. He was running Fire Slayers. Sorry, BCP's new output's a bit weird. Uh, Rune Father and Magmadroth, Rune Master, Rune Master, uh, Rune Smiter, Rune Master, Rune Father, or Rune Son. Then two Magmadroths on foot, a unit of 10 Hearthguard Berserkers, 
uh, and then a flame spitter and a molten infernoth. Um, and he's got the command entourage and a battle regiment. Then in the rest of the 4-1 bracket, you had Jack Carwood uh, from Cobra Kai. And Jack was running Slaves to Darkness Cavalist list, which was a little bit different. Uh, Chaos Social Lord and another Chaos Social Lord. Um, and then nine unmade, nine Corvus Cabal, ten Cursed Knights with a Mark of Nurgle and a Soul Stream Bridge, six Varangard and six Chosen. Uh, so all um, copying or like inspired by or fill. All of those people are running this kind of Chaos Chosen block list, moving those Chaos Knights uh, forward. So the 10 Chaos Knights and then the Chosen are smashing stuff up and the Varangard is smashing stuff up. Um, uh, hey, I was at this event, first ever event, great. Uh, no gits this yet, they've not been out long enough in my opinion. And then we had Gutbard Realm Kicker uh, running a bunch of Iron Jaws, Gore Grunters, Brutes and some Mega Bosses on More Crusher. Um, and then finally, Roberto Campos McDonald uh, running a. Uh, he was running. What was he running? That's a good question. Safety Darkness Cabalist list, which was. Chaos Social Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I've misrepresented Austin from Tundra Tactic. No, Jack Carwood from Cobra Kai, because he was running a slightly different list. He was running. Sorry. Uh, Chaos Sorcerer Lord and Karkadrak, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, Chaos Lord, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, 20 Chaos Warriors, 5 Chaos Knights, Chaos War Shrine, and then the Chaos Chosen, right? Those Chaos Chosen were charging um, across the board because they had Sinesh keyword using the uh, prayer from the War Shrine. So that's everything from the Brewhammer event. Uh, well done to all those players. I hope they had a great time. And uh, on to the next our next event is the Quest of Champions event uh, that was held in Sanctuary War Games, which is right here in Wakefield, so just outside of Nottingham. It's a really, really lovely venue. I've been several times if you get the opportunity to go. The bonus points are is it's next to a Weatherspoons. We don't really support Weatherspoons on this channel, obviously, uh, because, um, you know, the guy. Uh, but there is a Greg's nearby, which is perfect, and a KFC. Uh, so, like, if you're, if you're English... Uh, I've just said four incredible things. Wargaming, Weatherspoons, Greg's, KFC, right? Uh, Sutton, not Wakefield. It's basically the same. Uh, and everyone in, everyone knows what that means. Um, okay, so, yeah, and there's parking nearby. Great little venue if you get the opportunity to go to. Uh, it was run by the people from the Warrior Lodge. Uh, and it was won, and our 5-0 goes to Rory Carter, who's running Ogres in the sub-faction Underguts. He has an Icebrow Hunter, a Slaughtermaster, and two Blood Pelt Hunters. Okay. And then he, the Slaughtermaster has got the artifact, the Gruesome Trophy Track, the Gruesome Trophy Rack, which is going to give plus one to hit against heroes and monsters in AoE. A unit of Frost Sabres, two units of three, sorry, three units of two Mornfang, three Iron Blasters, and then three Noblars, all in a triple battle regiment. So three battle regiment battalions. So this is a pretty of a classic army, but a little bit different. It's the three uh, Iron Blasters at the back of the board shooting. The two units of 20 Noblars are screening, and any time you move towards them, you're taking mortal wounds. You've got Mornfang Pack to go and hold objectives and fight and counterpunch. And then you've got even more shooting coming out for the Blood Pelt Hunters, uh, who are getting bonuses to hit and are doing loads of damage against any monsters they may face. Um, so just really, really effective. The Icebrow Hunter being able to come in from the side of the board, uh, from reserve, 
um, and has got the leadership of the alpha um, uh, like aspect, so the free upgrade, which is going to be massively useful because you can give plus one to hit to all of the iron blasters once per battle. So very effective. Loads of output, really good, strong shooting castle that can counter punch if you decide to charge it. Okay, in the 4-1 bracket, in the 4-1 bracket, a nice mixture of stuff. Really enjoy this as well. Uh, so we got Samuel Kimberly is running Zinch Host Arcanum. He's got Kairos, a Gaunt Summoner, and a Flux Master. 10 Pinks, 10 Carricks, 3 Screamers, 6 Zangor, and 9 Corvus Cabal, which is cool, which he's allied in. Chronomantic Cogs for the reroll cast, Demonic Simulacrum for the damage, and Ravenex Nashing Doors for the damage, which is quite fun. It's nice to see what he's done here instead of building kind of Castle LRL list. What, uh, Castle Zinch list, sorry. What he's decided to do instead is do a little bit more output with the Demonic Simulacrum and Ravenex Nashing Jaws, backed up by the Zangor Enlightened, doing a load of damage at range. So, like to see that a lot. That's very cool. Uh, going 4-1. Uh, Pete in the chat, Pete Dixon, with his Ogre list, uh, went 4-1. He had Boulderhead, and he had Frostle and Stonehorn, a Slaughtermaster and a Tyrant. Um, uh, and then he had two Mornfang and then two Stonehorn Beast Riders and four Iron Guts and an Iron Blaster. He's in the chat right now and he said that his Iron Guts were MVP mainly because people were uh, dealing with the other threats. When you have two Stonehorn Beast Riders and a Frostle and Stonehorn running at you while an Iron, Blaster, an Iron Blaster is at the back of the board shooting you, um, you do a lot of you, you, those are all the threats you're focusing on. And so the six Iron Guts kind of get left down your priority list and then you end up just uh, getting hit by them, especially when they compile an attack twice and do a load of damage. Uh, Joe Jackson from the Warrior Lodge uh, was running a Lumineth list, but this was Eumetrica with a Van Venari Balamade, Stone Mage, Avlanor, and a Cathalar. And then he had a unit of 15 Stone Guard, two units of uh, Stone Guard as well, but a 5 and a 10. And then he had three lots of 10 Sentinels. So pushing forward a very defensive front screen, ignoring Ren 2 in the units of Stone Guard, uh, while all the while the Sentinels are at the back of the board shooting and peppering you. Very cool list. I like that a lot. Very nice little style there. And then Freddy Leggett, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, was running Cities of Sigmar in Hallowheart. He had a Battle Mage, a Luminarch of Heesh, and then a Nomad Prince uh, with the Command Trait Veteran of the Blazing Crusade, the Arcane Tome, and then a bunch of different spells. And he's got the Aspect of the Champion, uh, Leadership of the Alpha. So that's being able to do... That's, uh, that's being able to do three different um, uh, command abilities at once, once per battle. Five Sisters of Thorn, another Five Sisters of Thorn. Don't forget that they're spellcasters. And then 20 Eternal Guard. I don't even know at this point. Six Vanguard Paladors that got cheaper and it's kind of the Freddy TM build. Anything with Paladors, Freddy ran it first. Another six pa uh, Paladors and then three Demigriff Knights. Uh, this is a list I just don't understand. Hopefully, uh, I'll be able to get Freddy to talk about it because Freddy has been so uniquely powerful with Hallowheart and Palador's um, and has gone 4-1. So, excellent work to him. Uh, looks like a great event. There's a bunch of series run by the Warrior Lodge guys if you want to go check them out. And on to the next list. So, the next event we're looking at was Du Bois Golden Sprue GT. Uh, and this took place in New York State. And it was run by Joshua Keel. Shout out to Josh. It was located here. Um, at this salubrious-looking hotel uh, where either uh, people have had the time of their lives or several mass murders happened. One of the two. It's only one of those two extremes that was available. Um, 
Right, and then, uh, so if we look at who did well at the event, sorry, I'm uh, stumbling a bit there. Apologize. We had no five O's, but we did have two fours and a draws. New York City. Uh, two fours and a draws. Ross Hizzert from the club Team Friends and Tyler Bushy from Wicked Dicey. Now, Wicked Dicey is a great gaming club. Big fans of the Wicked Dicey. Wicked Dicey, because they're Wicked Nicey. Uh, and I haven't heard of Team of Friends yet, so well done to Ross Hizzert. Ross Hizzert was running a Uruk Warclans Big War. This is where you amalgamate the three different armies that you can find in the Uruk Warclans book, Iron Jaws, Bone Splitters, and the Cruel Boys. And the Cruel Boys is uh, that uh, the Cruel Boys, the fact the Cruel Boys are cruel because they're cruel to the players who play them. Then you've got a War Chanter, a War Chanter, a Killer Boss on Nashtooth, two Wurgog Prophets in the list, a Breaker Boss on My Brute Trogoth, then a unit of five Ard Boys, another unit of five Ard Boys, a big unit of ten Brutes, and then one unit of Gorg Runters and a Man Skewer Bolt Boys, uh, and then a unit of Soul Snare Shackles and the Burning Head. So. Uh, like a uh, pretty strong, competent uh, army there. It's got a range of different units. Uh, the Brutes, don't forget, make it so one or two wound models can't hold objectives. Gork Grunters uh, are going to yeet across the board. Um, uh, so yeah, very, very effective. And it gets better as the game goes on because it generates more war points. Therefore, the army generally becomes more buffed. But the tempo of that is maybe a little bit too slow. Um, and you don't get some of the best buffs until maybe later in the game. Then also in the four-one draw in the four and draw bracket is the Sons of Behemoth um, Stomper Tribe. So this was run by this was run by Tyler Bushy, and he's running a War Stomper, a War Stomper, a Gatebreaker, and King Broad. Now they have not done well so far in this General's Handbook at all. They've been really struggling, uh, and so it's nice to see them getting a four-one. There isn't much to say about uh, a Sons of Behemoth list other than they go standard objectives and beat people up. But I think uh, it's really great that Tyler's done so well with it. So congratulations to him. Okay, so in the 4-1 bracket, we have some pretty great players and we've got some pretty great lists. We've got Zachary McComb, uh, Ryan Muskoff uh, with Maggotkin of Nurgle and then Travis Pearson with Ogres. Zachary is running Sylvaneth. So in our Sylvaneth list, it's Heartwood and it's Garan. And then he's got an Arch Revenant, a Warsong Revenant, a Tree Lord Ancient, two lots of five Tree Revs, and two lots of three Colonel Thunters. And then he's got the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. I'd like to say that there's a unit inside Sylvaneth that is like the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, but not really. You don't have an unkillable unit uh, in which Cronspine Incarnate is at least for a singular turn. But you do have a lot of units that... I feel like Sylvaneth is one of those armies that struggle a little bit with the double turn because they have units that have that kind of like defense in wound depth. So you hit them and then they rally a few of them back. Uh, they use like uh, some of the spells and some of the abilities to get a few more bases back and models in. But on a double, maybe they lose everything. And I think that there's, uh, there's a real conversation there, which I think is quite fair. And Cronspine is just like, well, I'm just going to be here. Uh, he's also got the Horogast and the spell, 70 points. I would expect to see the Horogast to come back into the meta a lot right now, uh, mainly because I think it's fantastic. I think it's a really great spell, and I think it's um, very, very effective into some of the upcoming armies, which are going to be a real issue, like Gits. But also into Slaves to Darkness. Not a bad shout, especially because of their elite output. Anyway, great little list there. 
Uh, on Magikin and Nurgle list, was using Blob, Orgots, Lord Affliction, Sloppy Barpiper. So stopping that piling is really good. But again, I expect to see this uh, this a lot this season is the Tunnel Master aspect of the champion, mainly because you're going to be able to do that first turn battle tactic where you teleport onto an objective that's outside your territory and you achieve that battle tactic. And you can kind of just throw the model away then. And also in the counterplay, i.e. when your opponent goes to take that objective back, they're going to kill Sloppity Barpiper, and then turn two, that opens you up to eye for an eye. So it's kind of like a, a one-two trade that's actually always in your benefit. But some lists can't afford to just throw a Galician champion onto an objective and just lose it um, in some way. So, like, but Aspect of the Champion, pretty interesting for the teleport. I really like that. Really like that. Um, also, rock my creed in this list. Oh, sorry. There's two units of three play drones. That's 18 wounds on a five up armor save, five up ward. They're pretty cheap for 200 points. Like, again, a lot of wounds that you've got to punch through. And while you're trying to punch through them, you're taking all of those disease points. A unit of Puskal Blight Lords, they're a little bit more outputty. Then you've got a unit of three Nurglings, and you've got 10 Rockmire Creed. I don't know why we don't see more Rockmire Creed in, in Nurgle armies, to be honest. I think that they're so good legitimately fantastic and we do see them often and sometimes maybe you only need one but i don't see why you don't see a couple of units to be honest uh and then you've got double battle regiment for the army so it's a two drop so i got a real uh thought about this at the minute i think you're either a one drop or you really take advantage of all of the new battalions that you got access to and you go for like being a seven to eight drop I think that's the real... But you also have to make sure your army can obviously do stuff in the first turn. And as you can see, um, this list is literally built to do that. Uh, two drops, so won't get the choice anywhere near as much. But Tunnel Master on Sloppity means they get given the first turn. They're going to score objective outside their territory. They don't have to unpack their castle. They achieve a battle tactic. And so giving the first turn away, uh, being given the first turn, doesn't really affect them very much. So that aspect of the champion is literally... You don't have to be a one drop because of aspect of the champion, ignoring the fact that you get alpha struck by powerful armies. Like, I think that that is, I think that's going to become the better one, but not for one drop armies. Um, and then you've got Frostlord and Stonehorn, Frostlord and Stonehorn. So, this is our ogre list that also went 4 1. And this is two Frostlords on Stonehorn, a Butcher and Eyebrow Hunter, and then three Frost Sabers, three units of two Frost Sabers, and then three Iron Blasters in a Battle Regiment and a Command Entourage. So it's seven drops. That Command Entourage has got Magnificent, meaning you've got two Mount Traits, Mount Metal Cruncher and Rock Main Aldar. And as has been pointed out by the chat, this is just hyper-efficiency. The Frost Sabers being Battle Line because the Icebrow Hunter is your ally, uh, not ally, sorry, is your general, means that you're really shaving as few points off in the tax that is the Battle Line, and then the Frostlord and Stonehorns are just there. Bang. Absolute output, in my opinion. Um, and I think this is this is legit. Like, there's no fat on this list, which is funny because it's an ogre's list. Uh, please uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, this is really, really excellent. I would play this list. There's nothing in this list. Again, Aspect of the Champion, Tunnel Master. Uh, there's nothing in this list that I don't think is is bad. And I think this is really excellent. Really, really love this list. So, yeah, really, really good. Uh, looks like a cool event. Hope everyone had a great time. Uh, shout out to everyone at that event. Uh, just for everyone in the UK, just so you know, this event was £70 if you use the conversion rate uh, to work out the price of this event. Just thought that was a, a thing that I should point out. And uh, on to the next event. 
Next up, we're going to Captain Con, which was held in Rhode Island at, for podcast listeners at home, a Crown Plaza Hotel, which looked like it's converted from an insane asylum, which makes sense because the event was won by Julian Lassange. See, I made that sound like I said Julian Assange, but like it isn't that. It's Julian Lassage, who's an ex-War Machine hordes player of some note. And he played with the Caradron Overlord's army that's from the sub-action Barrack Zilfin. Now, he had an engine master, an Arkanor Admiral, a engine master with dirigible suit. He had an eighth chemist and an eighth navigator. The important part about this spell, uh, about this list, is his eighth chemist had a spell in a bottle. And what he's able to do, what he's able to do, is uh, put a spell in that bottle, unsurprisingly, and he put the purple son of Sheesh into it. Now, what's great about the purple son of Sheesh is that it makes units within six inches reduce their save by one. Now, one of the weaknesses of Courage and Overlord's army for a long time has been the fact that it's only red one. As Age of Sigmar 3 came out, and we got the change to Mystic Shield, which allows you to add plus one save to a unit, plus the generic command ability, all-out defense, which can be used in the enemy shooting phase, they effectively lost two pips of rend. So they went down from rend one to rend zero to actually their opponent getting plus one save. Now, with Purple Sun being thrown at their opposing army, they get plus one back. So they get to reduce the save by the opponent by one because of the debuff aura. And then a double turn of the shooting from everything available from the Carajan Overlord's army, which included uh, a frigate, two Arcanaut companies, an Ironclad, and then 10 Thunderers and a Gun Hauler. You're able to do all those extra bits of damage. Um, and that's really how the list works. Other than that, uh, holding the primary with this army is always a massive challenge. Um, and uh, going 5-0 with it is a legitimate a legitimate achievement and he should be super proud of himself and congratulations to him and everyone at the event. In the 4-1 bracket, we've got some pretty interesting lists. The first one is Daniel Riker and he's playing with a Lumineth Realm Lords Helon Castle list. As I've said before, there's an army masterclass on the Honest Wargame YouTube. You can go check it out. Uh, well done to Daniel Riker. Excellent list. One of the best lists in the game. And then a list that we've seen do well this week and we will continue to see do well in the future apparently. Thank you to Big Sexy 617 in the chat who played this list at this event. He's running Ogre More Tribes in a Meat Fist, which means you do mortal wounds on fours or plus one to the. Oh, it's a plus one to whatever it is uh, when you do the Ogre Charge. Now, he's got Kragnos in the list, meaning the whole army is getting 3d6 to charge as opposed to 2d6, which takes the average from 7 up to 11 on the charge roll. Then he's got a Tyrant who is a wizard, thanks to the Arcane Tome, and he's taken the Endless Spell, Lack 1, the Soul Seeker. The Tyrant can go in the boat, move up the board, get out the boat, then move, meaning he's even closer to the opponent. And then, he yeets it. And as Aristotle points out, thanks to Mark in the chat, in order to delete it, you must therefore yeet it. And that's not all he's... And Kragnos is obviously charging 3d6 as well, but that's not where we finish. Then there's another Tyrant, Okay, with the Griff Feather Charm and Brawler Guts, which means they're going to be doing Mortals on Threes. Uh, sorry, I should have said that. That's their big name. Uh, then there's another Tyrant with Tunnel Master. And Tunnel Master is the aspect of the champion, which means you can teleport from outside of nine inches. That teleport happens at the end of the movement phase, meaning that you're going to be nine inches away from your opponent for, guess what, another big charge. Then there's another Tyrant with um, uh, Brawler Guts, and that does the same thing. Finally, there are three units of lead belchers and a unit of screaming noblars. Okay, 
so the army runs forward, does all of the mortal wound impact hits, and then it goes home. It's devastating. Powerful, meaty, strong, uh, maybe utterly insane that it's doing so well as a list. Maybe really sad, right? I was dealing 30 mortal wounds a turn, is what Big Sexy in the chat is saying. 30 mortal wounds a turn. Um, <laughs> this is just one of those lists that just comes up sometimes. It's Kragnos is the issue. Uh, not that I think this list... I don't know what to say about this list. Great. Seems chill. It's a great time. Have a great time. Like, just do it. Just take it. Uh, for as long as it's viable as a list, take this list. This is a great list. This is maybe one of the best lists. This is the most destruction list I think I've ever seen. This is probably top destruction list 2023. We'll see what changes for some of the other books, but well done. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Our next event is in Sweden. Sweden. And it happened in Oslo in Nye, New Copping. New Copping, I think. Let's get that right. It's called War of the Ospreys, and it had 24 players in. Uh, and it was won by Mr. Philip Wall, and he was playing with Fire Slayers. He played Fire Slayers from the Lodge Greyfjord. He had Uruk Runefather on Magmadroth, a Rune Son, a Battlesmith, again, with the leadership of the Alpha. We've seen this combo a lot uh, because you can do three. Once per battle, you can do three command abilities um, and, uh, of the generic command abilities, and the Battlesmith can do rallies on a 4+. So that's really useful as well. Combo that with a Flamekeeper, who obviously um, is able to dish out buffs based on slain models in an aura. This kind of like mitigates that slain... Uh, models being a bit useless effect, especially if you can rally three model, uh, three units on a four plus. Then a rune smiter, a rune smiter, and then a doom seeker. The doom seeker with the aspect of the champion, the tunnel master, is absolute memes. Uh, the idea of a model that for 80 points is just going to tunnel through, stand in the middle of the board, and then just stick his arms out and shout at the whole enemy army is just an amazing image to have in your head. Two units of 10 Volkite Berserkers and two units of Hearthguard Berserkers. Um, two units of 10 Hearthguard Berserkers. And then the Runic Firewall and the Molten Infernoth. And the Grand Strat was Master of the Forge. There's a real good conversation right now about Grand Strats being the swing factor in a lot of these armies being well. Maybe it's not battle tactics, but just just uh, the grand strategies being very easy. And for Fire says it's particularly easy. Ultimately, this is a combat army that if you charge, it's going to do damage back. It rallies really well, and it's got some major combat potential, uh, as well as having a bunch of uh, characters that can do some real uh, synergistic work in buffing those pieces, and the Auric Runefather and Magmadroth, who's just a slap machine and will fight loads of stuff. So excellent little list there. Uh, Eric Hellborn was running uh, Lumineth, uh, sorry, Hillborn, sorry, was running Lumineth Realm Lords. And again, this was the Techless Castle. Uh, but instead of taking any um, Wardens, we saw three units of five Wind Chargers, and then we saw 40 Sentinels in the list as well. Then we saw Jesper Melander running Soulblight Grave Lords. Now he's running Legion and Knight, Manfred, Necromancer, and then a White King. The Necromancer was bonded to the Cronspine Incarnate. It makes it into the list. Two units of 20 Deadwalker Zombies and two units of 20 Graveguard. Those Graveguard are obviously phenomenal in close combat, especially when they're buffed by the Necromancer for piling an attack twice. And they also become battle line thanks to the White King being the general. The Cronspine is going to do what it does, hold units in the middle of the board, especially useful for the Graveguard who are a little bit slow. So they charge in, the Cronspine charges in, pins stuff in, then the Graveguard come and absolutely destroy it. Manfred is a, an amazing utility piece in his ability to charge forward very fast, fight and then teleport around the board. Ultimately, just a really, really strong army. Um, oh, 
sorry, a mid army played by a very strong player in Jesper, um, really utilizing his ability to know how to deploy on the board state well. So well done to Jesper, that's excellent. And then Michael Twown with Sylvaneth uh, as our last 4 1. He was running a Warsong Revenant, uh, a Battle Mage, a Branch Witch. The Warsong Revenant was the general with Spellsinger and the Arcane Tome for three casts. Then three units of 10 Dryads, a Tree Lord, and then a unit of six Revenant Seekers and a unit of six Spite Rider Lancers. And then the Spite Swarm Hive. The Tree Lords become uh, very popular in the Sylvaneth Army, especially because the ability to make a unit fight last, uh, which works really well when you've got Spite Rider Lancers who fight first and the Revenant Seekers who are going to want to fight next uh, in conjunction with things like um, fight and fade or fade and whatever it's called fight and fade uh, oh thank you to Big Tom in the chat for donating a thousand bits to the show oh that is really fantastic I love that a lot that's really lovely um, thank you thank you very much uh, so yeah uh, a very different Sylvaneth list to lists we've seen do well before um, some key pieces on the Revenant Seekers and the Spike Rider Lancers but that Tree Lord pretty clutch and then really not overloading himself in characters. Uh, the Battle Mage combos mega well, as we've talked about previously, the Spite Swarm Hive. That's something to be conscious of, um, uh, because obviously all of those pluses to charge, meaning when you teleport, you then have a... You've got plus five to charge, so then you're having a four-up re-rollable charge into your opponent's army, which is very likely to happen. Anyway, the Swedish scene is really fantastic. Love the Swedish scene. Hope everyone had a great time. And on to the next event. Our final event was also from Sweden. It's called the Realm of Geddon. Uh, it was run by Michael Mikkel Magnusson uh, from the from the films. Uh, and he was running Disciples of Zinch with Host Arcanum as his sub-faction. He's got Karis Fate Weaver, the three-cast, three-unbind wizard that's fantastic. Kersling, a Fate Master. So that's plus one to wound in an aura. And it's been given the Arcane Tome, so it's a wizard. A Flux Master and the Great Bray Shaman as an ally. Two units of ten Zangor, a unit of three Screamers of Zinch, ten Karak Acolytes, and then three Zangor Enlightened on Disc. You've got the Chronomantic Cog, so all of his wizards are going to reroll their casts. The Demonic Simulacrum, so he's going to be doing uh, AoE Mortal Wound damage at range. And then the Quicksilver Swords, which is also going to do the same. Uh, that's Those two endless spells, the Demonic Simulacrum and the Quicksilver Swords, means... Uh, that he's got a little bit more punch at range versus the kind of 18-inch kill bubble that we normally see from this army. The Zangor also have got a 24 inches effective threat range, as long as you roll well on the Destiny dice. Uh, so they're going to be able to do 50 attacks at range, and they can be up to twos and twos uh, with most of their attacks, thanks to being near the plus one to wound Fate Master and obviously all-out attack. Uh, that's a lot of attacks at twos and twos on those um, Zangor. I think that's really legitimate. Um, and then you've got uh, the Zangor Enlightened on Disc. They've got an even longer threat range uh, because the Zangor can run and charge, by the way. Zangor Enlightened have got their 16-inch base move plus uh, a 12-inch charge coming out from the uh, Destiny Dice, uh, which also will achieve a battle tactic for Zinch. So ultimately, they've got some like real first-turn punch in combat from the Zangor Enlightened on Disc or the Zangor on Foot. They also do Mortal Wounds at range thanks to the Zangor um, Banner, which is going to use the uh, Wizards in range to do Mortal Wounds at 18 inches. Uh, legitimately, a good list. Uh, very well played. It's a two-drop. And then we've got the... Uh, and that's how it plays. Uh, now, finally, <laughs> in, in second place, and our only 4-1, is Daniel Turtle uh, with the Ogre Moor Tribes. He's running Meat Fist. He's got a Butcher, another Butcher. Um, and then he's got 
By the way, one of those butchers has also got Tunnel Master, very common. He's got a unit of Iron Guts, uh, which, along with one of the butchers, has gone inside the Galician Command Battalion. And then he's got three Iron Blasters, another unit of Iron Guts, and three Lead Belchers. Ten drops. And that is everything from the uh, first weekend of like big new GHB events. And what do I think? What is kind of my conclusion for the meta going forward? Obviously, we don't know what Beast of Chaos and Gleeson Gits effect are going to be on the meta themselves. Now, But one of the things that we have seen from the very start of the season is this big disparity between one drops and many drops. And I said on stream, but not part of this show so far, that I think that maybe the Battle Regiment isn't the best course of action. Now, obviously, if your army is intentionally an alpha drop kind of archetype, the one drop is going to be very important as well. The interesting thing about the, the one drop alpha strike is that if other people are trying to do it, you're on a 50-50 dice roll uh, for being able to achieve that. doesn't mean you automatically lose, but it means that maybe you don't get that choice. However, taking many battalions for more artifacts, the Galician Command, I think, is legit. I think the Galician Command is legit in some armies, especially as it opens up a battle tactic. That's very effective and is something really worth thinking about. Um, and so I think that's quite interesting. More battalions means more artifacts, more choices, and more utility inside of the game. I think that's really, really interesting right now. Tunnel Master is going to be very popular. I think the Battle Rage will continue to be popular. Don't get me wrong. But I think that there's a real conversation about having more battalions and less battalions. Uh, strongest armies in the game. Lumineth, Slaves to Darkness. Probably Gith, but we haven't seen that yet. So can't wait to see that. Ogres also very, very effective in the game right now. Um, artifacts that are going to be very common. Arcane Tome, Master Magic still. And then we're going to see that Tunnel Master a lot. It's quite interesting seeing every time Leadership of the Alpha can be on a Fire Slayer unit uh, that could do four rallies. We've seen that a lot. So it'll be interesting choice for Gitz armies. But I think Tunnel Master really opens up the game. Battle Reg was so strong, Tunnel Master opens up an immediate turn one battle tactic. And Battle Reg Castle armies are going to struggle maybe to turn that, achieve that first turn battle tactic. Really, really interesting right now. Um, really interesting game state. Excited to see what the events are from uh, results are from the future. Obviously, armies that are strong are just going to just be strong. So that'll be interesting as well. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the Stat Center. Uh, the stats are on the website. You might not be able to access the website at the minute because the website is currently being updated. Uh, but if you do get the opportunity to go on and check out uh, the website when it is updated, so thehonestwargamer.com, there will be a stats page and a stats blog coming soon. Uh, and there's merch and other stuff, so you can go check out that. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe. Please share it with your friends. Hope you enjoyed it, and thanks for tuning in.